Hey there, Chuck. What's up? Not much. How about you? Not much. Got another podcast on. We've got a lot of films. Well, to talk I'm, I'm about. looking at this an extensive list. That you mean you've my got planning here. for this podcast? Is you that have got way too much time on your hands. No. See, no. this is why I don't have to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I just compensate for that aspect. Yeah, you do. Yeah, it's like, oh, she'll do it. What do I have to worry about making notes about who's in what and what's their character names? <laughs> I've got it all. I, I am overprepared. That is one of my faults, I think. Yeah, it's not a fault. No? Okay. Um, it's, it, you know, it's kind of interesting. When I was putting together this very extensive and deliberate and, and very thorough list, I realized that we're going to talk about movies that we've actually already talked about because we saw them early, mm-hmm. and they premiered in theaters early, and some of these films made our top lists. Okay. So there are going to be a couple of repeats on there that I know that we have discussed in the past, but they're just opening now on VOD or streaming for everybody else to see. Right, right. I don't know if we've discussed them on podcasts. But yes, you, we did, actually. We did. Actually, we did. Okay. We did. I, I can so. go back through all of my notes that I've saved. If you say so, that's fine. <laughs> my memory's going, so that's fine. <laughs> um, let's start off with, did you get a chance to see One Night in Miami? No, go for it. Really? Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, Regina King, this is her directorial. <laughs> what have you been doing? Like, eating bonbons or something? Yeah, I've got nothing but time. I, know. I have nothing but time. <laughs> not just doing laying around, <laughs> watching the world go by. Eating nachos. I do mm-hmm. know that. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so, One Night in Miami um, is uh, Regina King's directorial debut. And she really shows us that she's got a lot of promise in her future. Um, It's a fictitious story about four prominent men, black men, back in the 1960s um, during the, the, I guess, the culmination of all the civil rights acts and movements. And um, we've got uh, Malcolm X, Cassius Clay, Jim Brown, and Sam Cooke. Um, all convening in one place in Malcolm X's hotel room, actually, on one pivotal night. This is a fictitious story. So this is taking a look at these people and seeing what they might be discussing during this time period. What is affecting their lives and race, and what are they doing in order to make race an issue that they can can help with? the beginning of the movie starts off pretty darn slow as we're introduced to... It does. It does. This is the issue that I had You're the whole, really making me want to go to home and watch this well, thing. But, but <laughs> here's the thing. I mean, it does start off slow as we're introduced to all of these four characters. Um, and looking back on the movie, it was necessary to introduce these characters in the way that, that they were. It's when they all come together in this hotel room that, wow, does this become a really intriguing, captivating, fast-paced movie. That dialogue is sharp. The editing is incredible. And all four of these men are very different people who have different experiences in success as well as their ability to change how the world regards race. Um, The young man that plays uh, Cassius Clay is uh, Eli Gorey. And he really hammers home the fact that Cassius Clay was really a young kid mm-hmm. when he accomplished more at the age of 22 than most people. I'm still looking at the umbrella above us. <laughs> than most people do in a lifetime. Um, Aldous Hodge is wonderful in his role as Jim Brown. Very believable character. 
Sam Cooke has a unique role um, as the, the guy who kind of crosses over into both worlds, the white world as well as, as some people might think that he's selling out to his black community. And that's, he's played by Leslie Odom Jr. Um, I really think that Kingsley Ben Adir, who plays Malcolm X, and I don't know him in any other role, um, brings a level of humility and reality to the character of Malcolm X. We really get a great idea as to who these characters are. Again, like I said, it starts off kind of slow, um, but that second half is just captivating. Great cinematography, impressive dialogue. I would like to think that maybe the, if these four men did get together, this is the conversation that they would have. There was an article in the New York Times today. Uh, a guy was trying to, one of their critics was forecasting what he thought the uh, best actor uh, nominees for the Oscars would be. And he did mention uh, Kingsley Ben Adir uh, okay. as, as being one of the front runners. Uh, so, and he mentioned uh, that Aldous Hodge and Leslie Odom Jr. were probably going to be um, promoted or advertised for best supporting actor. And we'll see if any of those end up with any nominations at all. But this starts on Amazon Prime on uh, what? January 15th. Tomorrow. Yes, yes, January 15th, right around the corner. Um, so take a look at that if you can. And Chuck, you get to pick. What are we going to talk about next? What are we going to talk about next? Hmm. My hmm. extensive list is overwhelming. Your extensive <laughs> list. Let's talk about a movie that I and my son watched together uh, called Love, Sarah. Crazy <laughs> that you and Grant watched. Grant, I'm taking out Alex, yeah, right? Yeah, Grant. Okay, Grant, you yeah. and Grant watched this. Yes, and? Grant, my 16-year-old son, who, of course, like most 16-year-olds, uh, you know, they watch a film with their phone in their hand. Uh, you know, this whole multitasking doesn't, things. Okay, doesn't that piss you off? I can't stand it. Okay. I can't stand it. Do you it. say anything or do you let him do it? I'll, I'll give him a look every once in a while and then I get this. <sighs> so I don't bother. I don't bother. You know, one of, the, one of my great memories with my father is watching movies together. Mm -hmm. And we talk about them, and we react together, and then and that doesn't happen. And it breaks my heart that that does not happen uh, with them, with Grant. Uh, and he's not listening to this, so I can say that <laughs> and not have to worry about hearing. <sighs> or oh my God, I can't believe you brought, brought me up on that podcast. Yeah, exactly, something <laughs> like that. But Grant was working on his homework, so I got to give him props there. And I was looking at Love, Sarah out of the corner of his eye. And ironically, at the end, he said, wow, that was pretty good. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and I actually said, wow, this hokey uh, semi-Hallmark movie ended up being pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I just want to remind you that I got a chance to watch this a little bit earlier than, than you did, and I said I really liked it. And I believe you made fun of me for liking this movie prior to even watching the movie, so shame on you. I don't think I would do that. No. That's not, that's not something Chuck oh. would do. Oh, never, ever, ever. 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 <laughs> so, you know, and we've talked about this below that, before, that when you keep your expectations low, you can be surprised. My expectations were low for this rom-com about uh, three women uh, who are all connected by this woman named Sarah. We have the mother of Sarah, and then we have the best friend, and then we have her daughter. Sarah is killed early on, before the credits even roll. Right? Yeah, she's riding her bike, and I've always said, 
this whole riding bikes in cities, in the street with cars, this is a bad idea. Yeah. yeah. I've said this forever. Case you know? in point right but there. But still, there we go, and old Sarah, <laughs> you know, before we even, we even get to meet her. Seems as though Sarah was going to set up a bakery. <laughs> that was the whole deal. She was going to set up a bakery uh, with her friend. Uh, and now, of course, that's not going to happen. No, no. So the friend goes to the mom. Uh, asking for money. The daughter has been dumped by her boyfriend and ends up uh, sleeping at the shop where the baker was going to be. They come together and they happen to find, and boy, isn't this fortunate that the chef, the baker that they find is just so damn good looking. Gosh, he's good looking. Oh, but he has so much more to him than the fact no, that no, he no. happens upon the store. He no, doesn't. No, 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 he no. he finds still, them. Still, it's you know the casting director. You know, didn't cast a wide net and say, you know, you know, you're you're, you're kind of ugly, but we're gonna give you the part. Well, and who's this actor's name? Rupert Penry Jones. And who, you, you, did you interview him, or you're going to? I did. To? No, I interviewed him today. And I bet he's just as charming as he looks. Oh, he is. He mm -hmm. absolutely is. <laughs> <laughs> And guess what? You know, there's, you, you can tell exactly where this movie is going. And even with that, I enjoyed it. And it all gets back to tone and sincerity. I right. mean, this could very well, and I'm sure it is a Hallmark movie, that they've used the basic same premise. Because I've glanced out of my eye when Hallmark is running because of my wife. And, you know, there's baking going on. I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen it. Well, baking is a very connected uh -huh, kind of activity. Yeah, it sure it is. truly is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's all about sincerity and the way the material is handled. And the way this material is handled, Eliza Schroeder wrote and directed this. There's a very deft touch here. The sentiment is there, but we don't overplay it. It's not laid on with a trowel. You just, you, you like the characters and that's so you important. You do, you really do. Oh, it's so important that you like the characters because the actors and actresses are very sincere. And so you don't mind that the expected happens. Right. Because you like, you like them and you want them to have happy endings. Right. Was the movie too busy? Oh, the movie was too busy by half. There's way too many. There's other big plot lines I haven't even touched on. Uh, but if that's my only objection, that it was too busy, then that's a minor objection. Right. Uh, I, I ended up enjoying this much more than I thought. Uh, and you can find it on video on demand, I right. believe, starting on the 15th. Right, and I, I really enjoy this. I love baking. I got a few tips from watching what was happening, although I did find out by interviewing um, uh, Rupert that there really was no baking going on. So he did sprinkles. Uh-huh, you're on first name basis now <laughs> well, with yeah, the Rupert? Ru uh -huh. Rupi and I. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> hey, hang on just a second. I want you to listen to a little clip from my interview. There's nothing too scary about it. It's a safe film. You watch it and you don't feel like you feel, you feel at the end of it, like you want to go make a cup of tea, have a <laughs> cake, have a cake and feel all nice and warm. And it's just, it's, it's, it's perfect for, for, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I sit down with my family to watch a film in the evening now and we try and decide what to watch. And, and every, every night, everybody always says, I just want to watch something light, something easy, something funny, something nice. And, and this has all of that, but it also is, it's got some surprises in there too. And it doesn't, as I said before, you, you think you know what's going to happen and it doesn't. Right from the beginning with this beautiful, sunny scenario of this girl riding a bike, you think, oh, okay, I know what this is. And then something happens that totally sends you off kilter. And so it's constantly doing that all the way through. And I love that about it. And, you know, about my, with my character, you think you know who he is and you don't.
he's someone completely different. He's a hell of a sprinkler in the movie, though. I do he, have to say. He, now that you say that, I'm thinking back. He, he has a quite quite a nice little touch definitely. to this. Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting too. He is a um, a theater trained actor. And he pointed out to me that isn't everybody in England? And I'm like, well, ah, you got a good point there. Good point. And, but I do think that there tends to be a better sense of sincerity and authenticity or depth to a character sure. if, if you are a theatrically trained actor. Right, because And I think that's what makes a difference in this film. I agree, because you're live. Right. And you're in front of people, and you better be able to sell it. Right. And that and, makes sense. And Celia Emery, who plays Mimi, you're not going to recognize her name. You would if you were British, but you're not going to recognize her name. Look up her face, and you will immediately recognize her. Yeah, you've her. seen her in a lot of things. She, she's incredible. It doesn't matter what role she takes. She is just a spark of energy. And, and take a listen to my interview with him on CI Living that will be posted next week. Um, he, he shares some really cool family information and, about Celia. And don't just listen. Watch. Oh, true. Watch true, him, sorry. because, yes. That's so. true. Uh -huh. It's TV. Right. I forgot. Yeah. Well, no, because of him. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Duh. <laughs> Duh. So, love Sarah on Video On Demand. Give it a shot. It, it's good. Um, I'm not going to go into a lot of depth on this next one. It's Promising Young Woman. That is finally making its way to Video On Demand or streaming. Um, I believe you can rent it for a 48-hour period. Yes. I'm guessing it's probably going to be that $20 slot. Probably. Um, well worth it. This is my number two movie about a young woman who is seeking revenge on men who don't understand consent, mutual consent. Um, Carrie Mulligan is the star role in this, and um, she's got she's going to make these men pay for what has happened in her life. I don't want to give a whole lot away uh, with this because that is part of, of the secret that is not unfolded until about halfway through the movie. Great performances, smart script. I have some issues with the end of the story. I know you have one issue with the film as well, Chuck. I'm going to forgive it that because I think this is a topic that follows and pairs with the Me Too movement that has to be discussed. It is a necessary discussion. I liked it. Good. Except for that one problem, but I liked it. And I love her. Um, I love her. And we're going to be talking about Carrie Mulligan again in a couple of weeks in a movie that's, and a, a performance that's just so completely different from Isn't this. Isn't it? And just, you know, confirms again just what a good actress she is. But right. we'll talk about a movie called The Dig, uh, which is coming to Netflix in a couple of weeks. Right. And uh, Carrie Mulligan is one of my favorite actresses, too. And I know this, this was my number two movie of the year. And Emma was one of your favorite movies right. of the year. And what was, what was that for you, number what? Six, I think. And it stars... Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy. Anya Taylor-Joy. Well, mm -hmm. I have a little something here this, uh -huh. from a favorite uh, film critic of both of ours. He is a talented oh, writer. Jeffrey. Jeffrey York, yes. And he wanted me to present this little gift to you. Because Why? he because he's just a really sweet, big-hearted, wonderful, he talented is. caricature oh artist. Oh my gosh. He has sold stuff to Spike Lee. This guy oh. is incredible. Oh, oh my God. Isn't Gosh, it? I wish she could, all could see this. This is it, it's uh, Anya from Emma. Uh, she's got her little book and Jeffrey. Oh gosh, Jeffrey, thank you so much. Isn't it awesome? It's just <laughs> got to go get a frame and, and make oh, sure yeah. that. You, oh, Jeffrey, thanks a lot, man. Really, that's that is super cool. Isn't that sweet? I'll super take a picture cool. of this and post this on our, our Facebook Please page do. and Instagram so you can take a look at it. Jeffrey, thank you for. I think you made Chuck's day. You sure here. did. You sure did. <laughs> thanks a lot, man. I can't wait till we can. Uh, all get together and, and, and have dinner and just 
Just talk. Yeah, just talk. And, uh, I'll, I'll thank you in person then, pal. I appreciate it. Really do. I thought you might like it. I was so excited that it arrived today so that I could bring it down. <laughs> uh, let's talk about News of the World next. And that's a book that you have read. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, I, I like the book a lot. I had some problems with it. And those translate to um, the screen. I think we talked about this before, didn't yes, we? Yes, we did. Uh, but still, if you're a Tom Hanks fan, you, you need to see this. He's always good. Uh, and he was actually mentioned in that article I had referred to in the New York Times about Best Actor nominations. I don't think he'll get nominated because the, for two reasons. Uh, the field's too crowded, and he makes it look too easy. He does, you know, isn't he? That's the problem. He does. In Greyhound, he did as well. Oh, uh, yeah, and I like that film better than News of the World. I and, did, too. And I thought his, and his performance is different there, the, the nerves that he shows of the captain, the stress that he's under, yeah. and how he shows that. And, but, but Hanks, you know, it, it, those people that have been around so long, and they make it look so easy, uh, we take them for granted. Yeah. We and, take them for granted. And I think that that level of skill, you're right, he makes it look easy to, to remind us that, or, or I guess it doesn't remind us how difficult of a skill it truly is yes. to portray anything. I mean, he can do anyone and anything. You know, and, and he's just so diverse. I mean, they don't make Westerns anymore. Uh, and this is his first Western. Uh, and, you know, he doesn't seem out of place. I mean, when you stop and think about it, I mean, think about Bosom Buddies <laughs> and Big and all the stupid stuff he used to do. Which was fun. And then we have that big transition in Saving Private Ryan. Right. And you heard about, I, when I heard him, I was like, no, this isn't going to work. There's no way this is going to, damn if it didn't work. Yeah. And that just opens up every, everything for him. At that point, you know he can do anything. And his relationship as this Civil War veteran who's taking a young girl uh, back to her family across treacherous territory, uh, played by a young actress named Helena Zengel, for me, the, the film, I, I have problems with the film, but the film's worth watching just between their interactions. And I wish there was more of it. Yeah, that was it, one of the problems with it. What a connection the two of them had, and because of their connection, we were connected to them. Yes, yeah. exactly. So I'm on the fence about the film, but you know, there's certainly worse things out there. Uh, you can get it at home starting on the 15th now as well. Uh, if you want to get in early on the Oscar pool, because it's definitely going to be part of the conversation, uh, rent that for home streaming uh, starting tomorrow. I'm curious. We, when we had talked about this um, probably a month ago, he reads the news as he travels across the country. Right. Did you ever check to see whether or not that, that was an actual profession? I haven't, and that's fascinating. Isn't it? I, 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 would, I would wonder if it is. I will do some digging, because okay. that's the kind of stuff I love, and I love that, era, uh, that period. Uh, but, yeah, that would be... That would be fascinating to find out about people like that. Because you can see that that could possibly be. I mean, some people didn't read back then. Some people didn't sure. have access to any kind of news back then. So you can see how that could be a thing. And you're bored out of your mind. <laughs> There's nothing to do back then. It's like a I pandemic mean, going well, on. Well, when the sun goes down, the day was done. Right. I mean, that was it, unless you lived you know, close to a town. And then what was there to do? Right. You know, go get drunk or go to the local, you know. <laughs> so, you know. Uh, yeah, I'm sure that any sort of distraction would have been a big hit, hearing, right. hearing about, you know, uh, things that were happening around the world. So, yeah, yeah I'm going to do some digging. That's good. a good idea. You keep me posted. I will. We'll post something on our website or on our Facebook page and let you know as well. Yeah. Um, the other movie coming out, oh, <laughs> how could I forget? Why would I forget Outside the Wire, Chuck? <laughs> could that be why? You know, not the most boring film I saw this week, but... What was the most boring film? Oh, 
We'll get to that one. We'll get to that one. Okay. Oh, Jesus, all right, God. All right. This is true. I don't even think I put that one down. Yeah, here. see, that's I how boring it was. I mentioned it. So, Outside <sighs> the Wire is a futuristic film about basically the end of the world is just around the corner. There's a huge war that's broken out in Europe, and we have a an insubordinate young lieutenant who disobeys orders, gets punished by being shipped off because where he's at, he's in the middle of a desert in the United States and basically playing a video game, but that video game is actually killing people because that's how warfare is conducted by munching on your Fritos while you drop drone, a few drone, drone warfare. strikes. Yeah. You know, and that reminded me of a film from a couple years back that I loved. What was it? Eye in the Sky oh, with yeah, Helen yeah, Mirren. Yeah and uh, Aaron Paul and uh, Alan Rickman, where they really examine yeah. how deadly that is, but also how emotionally devastating it is uh, still. Eye in the Sky, look, look for that one, I love that film. Yeah, this is not that. No, no, <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna stop you when you say something original. Oh. that happens in this movie. Okay, there won't You're be. You're going to talk forever. <laughs> there's, there's not going to be anything. Anthony Mackie plays the uh, plays Leo, and he is the the corporal that takes this this kid around to try no, and... He's, he's an officer. Is, okay, whatever. He's, he's an got officer. an officer. He Is he, though? He's like this amalgam of man and he's machine. A, he's a cyborg, and that's the one little tricky trick in the movie, but we've seen things like that before. Well, it's like Terminator. It's like well, Ex Machina. And, and what was that Will Smith movie from a year ago or so that was on Netflix. Oh, I he missed was, that one. He, yeah. I think he was uh, partners with an alien. I mean, yeah. played by Joel Edgerton. I mean, yeah, I yeah, exactly. yeah. exactly. And and this is just like, okay, let's stop the, the nuclear invasion. Let's stop people from getting the codes. Who's, who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? And then there were so many messages of, you know, war is bad, dictatorship is bad, um, warfare hurts people, this is what happens. It was just like so rudimentary. Um, and I felt like they kept hitting me over the head with those rudimentary messages that I got kind of irritated at it. Anthony Mackie did elevate things a little bit. In the beginning, there was a little bit of humor. And I thought, oh, good, that's going to continue out. No, it did not. No, no, <laughs> it didn't. And, you know, I'm looking at the... Um, Credits um, for the the director. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, there's there's not much there. He's a, he's a foreign director, Mikhail Hofstrom, and uh, <laughs> got yeah. a furball there, bud. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there's really nothing of note there except for Vendetta was in there, but that was a foreign foreign version. Yeah, uh, 1408, uh, the uh, Stephen King adaptation with uh, Sam Jackson. Okay. And John Cusack. It's not bad. It's not bad. But uh, yeah, this film. It would be a great film for a drinking game. What would you drink to? You have to take a drink every time they do something that you've seen in another movie. Oh, God, I'd and be plowed in the first half hour. And, but you, you, your, your, your partner has to take an extra drink if you can name a movie in which that had already been oh. done. Then you watch Ooh. Outside the Wire. Okay? I, I think, okay, here, here's the deal. If we don't go to the Critics' Choice Awards, if they don't have them for that's, everybody, that's what we're going to do. Okay, Outside okay? the Wire Drinking Game, uh, live podcast on Facebook. <laughs> you can join us. but you, we've, <laughs> we've never seen each other drunk. No, we have not. Yeah. That would be interesting. That could be fun. All right. Are you mean drunk? No, no. I'm not. Are, are you? you? Are, no. No? No, I get silly and giggly. I do, too. I do, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the least little things, and I'm laughing, and yeah. I, I think that sounds perfect. All right, that's a date, March 7th. Fine, all right, good deal, good deal. Um, now, since I didn't write this one down, is Buck Run. Buck Run. You know, Buck Run 
with uh, James LaGrosse. And I like him. I do too, but... <sighs> Buck Run is one of those independent films, and I'm using my air quotes here, independent films that's about deep emotional hurt, and it's an important <laughs> film, and we know it's an important film because it takes its time. Oh my God. It takes its time, and it lingers. It lingers on faces so that we can get their emotion. And it lingers on Doesn't it though? incidents that, you know, seem commonplace but really are significant. <laughs> and then we go back to the characters to see how they're processing this important thing. Jesus Christ, was I bored with this movie. I know, right? Oh. I, I, I gave up after a half an hour, maybe, maybe 40 minutes, and I was watching it with my friend Kristen. And I said, do you want some popcorn? She goes, yeah, and I make some pretty extraordinary kettle corn. Uh -huh. And so I said, you keep watching this. I'm going to go make some popcorn. You let me know. <laughs> what happens? Yeah, what happens <laughs> if, if, if we need to continue watching because I'm going to give up and I'm going on to movie number two, three, and four. And um, so she's kind of narrating from the other room while I'm popping the popcorn. And she goes, they're closing the door. <laughs> They're still closing with, the door. With, with great importance, they're closing the that door. The light is starting to get smaller <laughs> as they close the door. I'm like, oh my God, okay, no, popcorn's ready. We're moving on to... I, and I felt bad. You know, when I read well, some of the I, reviews after I wrote my capsule review for our website that you can get at realtalkwithchuckandpam.com, and I felt like this heartless bitch because no, I... No, 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 I, no. I wasn't appreciating the loss. In the loss, yeah, it's about a, 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 an estranged, about. <laughs> estranged father and son. That's what it's about. And we've seen this again and again. And again, you know, just because it's independent and it's small, that doesn't give it, you know, immunity for being a bad movie. Right. Sorry. Yeah. You know, I don't want to crush people's dreams as if we have that power. But, you know, I... You still got to give me the basic stuff, and that right. is an engaging story told in an engaging way. Right. And there was no engagement whatsoever. There. And the kid was really good with what he had. Mm -hmm. And then James LaGrosse, I love him, and he was good with what he had, but nobody had much. Yeah, there's not much of anything there. Right. So, so buck run. If you if you feel tempted, video run. on demand. Run. Do not. <laughs> do not. Give give the ten bucks you would spend on that to a local food bank. Right. Something like that. Okay. That's an excellent decision. I see you have got a long list of movies. Here. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We have to talk about MLK FBI. Oh, okay. We got Martin Luther King Day coming up on Monday, and I had an extraordinary opportunity to not only see this film that went through all the film festivals this last year, um, but I also was able to interview the director, Sam Pollard. This was really an extraordinary interview, so I want you to listen to just a small clip of it and be sure to watch WCIA-TV on Monday to watch the entire interview. To me, some of the more shocking information was about characters, and I, I'll put air quotes around that, that I had never heard of, like Bill Sullivan. Um, as you're going through the book and as you're doing the research, what was one of the most shocking elements to you, even given your profound knowledge about this topic? I think the most, the most shocking element was the fact that the FBI would go to the lengths that they did to discredit Dr. King by even creating a letter, basically, you know, suggesting that Dr. King should commit suicide. And then on top of that, putting together an audio tape, supposedly Dr. King in a relationship with a woman in one of those hotels and sending, sending it to his wife. That's pretty despicable, you know, this with this professional, the national police, our American police force, the links they would go to to really discredit the man they thought was the most dangerous Negro in America. 
So I, that's pretty shocking to me. And I hadn't known that, you know. So that revelation really kind of said, wow, you know, you can't trust, you know, it was hard, you know, I mean, as I've gotten older, it's hard to trust our government on certain levels. So this makes it even harder. Um, incredible documentary of uh, information obtained through the Freedom of Information Act um, based on a book um, with where all of this was discovered initially. And it reveals from the point of view of the FBI what what they did during that time period of Martin Luther King, man, does it bring up a lot of questions. And I mean, I, I got chills just thinking about it. And these characters, air quotes around characters that are involved with everything with the FBI mm -hmm. and what actually happened um, to reveal, you know, that, that MLK was a human being and he was a flawed human being, but he was a great man and the lengths that they went through to try and discredit him was just extraordinarily disturbing. Mm -hmm. um, great movie. Check out uh, the interview with Sam Pollard on Monday on Martin Luther King Day on CI Living. And where can we find that movie? Is that on Amazon? Is that a video on demand? I believe or? that you can stream that on all major digital platforms, including Amazon. That's kind of my go-to okay. place. Um, it's also going to be in theaters across the country. I was talking with Sam about that, and he was, like, shocked. He's in New York, I'm, I'm guessing, based on our interview. And he goes, I can't go see it in a theater, but if you live in Georgia, you can. And I wasn't yeah, about to get into the, the politics thing. of things yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, so yay for New York for keeping those closed, even though I know that is a difficult thing to do for yeah. theater owners. Um, so yeah, looking at, looking at that other part of my list. And, and the reason why I brought this up is we talk about Netflix as being such a huge piece of the puzzle when mm -hmm. it comes to films coming out. And they have 21 films that they have released trailers to or information about coming up. And they are promising in the year 2021 to have one movie every single week be released. Mm -hmm. And the list looks pretty fun, actually. Um, it, it almost, like when I went through the trailer, and you can take a look at our Facebook page to watch that trailer, um, it's got Gail Godot and Ryan Reynolds and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. In an in action it. film, yeah. Yeah, and they're in, I forget, Red Notice, I think it's called, mm -hmm. something Red like that. Red Noise. Red Noise? Mm -hmm. No, I, I miswrote that, it's Notice. Red Notice. Are you sure? <laughs> I'm okay. positive. You left out the T. I did, oh, okay, I did. I gotcha. Um, I knew what I meant, so it didn't matter. Um, and uh, the trailer itself is a lot of fun to watch. So check that out, and it's kind of fun to see. And they're also going to be at, they're not going to be at Sundance, excuse me. Right. Netflix is not going to be at Sundance this year, but they are still looking to acquire titles at the festival. Mm -hmm. Well, it's funny, because the old studios in Hollywood's golden age, they would always have one new movie a week. So everything is cyclical. Everything really? comes back. Yeah, because they owned, you know, that was back when the studios owned the movie theaters. Right, right. You know, they had that monopoly, so they always wanted fresh product. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're back to that now. One wow. new movie a week. One new movie a week. Everything is cyclical, isn't it? It is. It is. So, speaking of weeks, next week... Uh, we're going to be talking about a movie called Our Friend, which I think you have seen. I have. I saw it in Toronto two years ago now. It's wow. finally getting out. Hmm. Is that a good sign or a bad sign? Um, I think it's, it's just a timing thing. I'm sure that it probably would have been released in theaters last year, is my guess. Okay. Uh, we're also going to uh, talk about an independent film called No Man's Land, uh, about uh, some incidents that happened down at the United States-Mexican border. And then a German, it looks like a thriller or horror film called Spore. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not quite sure what it's about, but uh, I'm intrigued. I am too. Just the poster alone, and that's why I asked for the screener for it. It's, yeah. it's one human eye and one 
dog eye yeah. and a wolf. So who knows what's happening there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm sure that in the week uh, between now and then, other things will pop up because we do get these last minute movies that suddenly need to be seen. Uh, so we will talk about those three and probably other stuff next week. That's right. Check out our Facebook page, Real Talk with Chuck and Pam. Go to our, our website, realtalkwithchuckandpam.com, for all of the movie reviews. We are not too terribly long-winded on our, our website, so if you want a quick synopsis as to whether or not you should go see it, that's the place to go. And I'll also be posting the picture that Jeffrey York, our talented friend and, and critic and caricature artist, drew for Chuck of Emma. Thanks again, Jeffrey. For, he drew one for me, too, and it's uh, Carrie Mulligan from uh, Promising Young Woman. Oh! Mm -hmm. That would be cool. I can't yep. wait to see it. Yep, I'll post both of those. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Real Talk with Chuck and Pam. Bye.